0: Hello, I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash, and you're listening to episode 204 of Chat Disney. Welcome back to another episode of the Chat Disney podcast. And this week we are going to be talking all about my upcoming Disneyland Paris trip and planning Disneyland with a baby. But before we get into that, let's have a quick look at what has been happening in the world of Disney this week.
1: So first of all, some news from Walt Disney World in Florida and a crane has been seen on site. And I'm talking about a construction crane, not a bird. A crane has been seen on site at Tiana's Bayou Adventure. So as we said in last week's news, work has already begun on destroying Splash Mountain and giving it a bit of a facelift. Some munchling-inspired treats can also be found around Walt Disney World. And munchlings are, of course, our favourite new food Disney character fusion plushies. And you can expect to see things like the Angel Asahi Bowl. I always feel like I'm not saying that properly, but, you know, the little cute yoghurt bowls with, with fruits in. And some corn that's inspired by Donald Duck. So they're obviously trying to make munchlings a thing by adding food that matches them. And then final bit of all Disney World news. Voyage of the Little Mermaid is not reopening, and this is due to the building being overridden with mould, which is pretty disgusting. Social media confirms that Disney have sold all of the puppets, so the show is very unlikely to make a comeback. Now, I know that this was one of those shows that doesn't have that much love, so I don't think that anyone's going to be complaining or protesting about that.
0: No, I'm really intrigued to see where the puppets got sold to, though, or who bought them and heading over to tokyo disney for some news and cast members pay is going to be increasing beginning this april which is a really really good sign of how well the park is doing post-pandemic
1: Yep, very good. And final bit of news for you all this week, some Marvel news. Black Panther 2 Wakanda Forever is now available to stream on Disney Plus, so I know what I'm doing this weekend. And that's pretty much everything that's been happening in the world of Disney this week. We're now going to head into the main part of today's episode, talking all about planning a Disneyland Paris trip with a baby.
0: Disneyland Paris. I have always dreamed of going to Disneyland Paris or Disneyland in general with a baby, and finally that time is upon us. I mean, not quite yet. It's not happening for another couple, well, actually, under two months now. We're going towards the end of March, just before my son Theo turns one, and it is for his birthday. And I know that he's not going to remember any of it, but I want to one day be able to turn around to him and say, You spent your first birthday in Disneyland Paris. So hopefully. I have high hopes that he will be as Disney fanatic as as I am when he gets older. And he's not like, oh, mum, why did you take me to do that? <laughs> um, so, yes, this is the plan. And he's too young at the moment to complain or fight against it. So he's being taken to, to Disneyland Paris. And I did think about taking him before. I thought about taking him around Christmas time. I thought about taking him when he was really, really young. And I think just with the whirlwind of being postpartum recovery and the first year of parenting and just finding your feet with everything, it just opportunity kind of got taken away from me. And then it kind of became the thing that going for his first birthday would be perfect. So that's why we're going now. And it is the first time that I'm going to Disneyland with a very, very young child. The only young child I've been to Disneyland with before, Mercedes, is your sister Morgan. But I think she was probably about six, maybe, when we went to Disneyland Paris before. Um, But you have been to Disneyland Paris with a baby because of the age gap with your sister. So you have more experience in this than I do.
1: Yeah, this is a very good point. So I've been to Disneyland Paris pretty much just Paris, I think, with a a very young baby. Um, The first time that we went with my sister, she was actually nine months old. um, And she sort of, well, actually, she might have even been younger than that. It was June. Let's do some quick maths. So she's born in September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. It's nine months. That was a waste of time. Yeah, she was nine months old. And I remember her Crawling around our amazing suite at Newport Bay. And she learned to walk at Disney as well um, on the next trip that we took. So, yeah, going to Disney with a baby has been a really common theme of my life. And it's a really controversial one. You kind of alluded to it there in the beginning, Tash. And I'm glad that you did. A lot of people, I think. You know, they kind of question why you would take a baby to Disneyland. Now, Tash and I are both very fortunate in that we've been to Disneyland, various different Disneylands all over the world, several times. And, you know, cost of living crisis providing, I don't think that that's something that Tash and I are planning on changing anytime soon. So for Tash and her baby Theo, and for myself, if I ever have a family, I very much intend to take my children many times. And so them going as a baby, I don't see as much of an issue because no, they're not going to remember it, but I'm going to really enjoy it. I'm going to make memories that will last the test of time and they're going to go when they're older. So it's not like they're missing out. It's not like because we did it when they're a baby, they're not going to enjoy it when they're older. My intention is to take them multiple times. Now for something like Walt Disney World in Florida, no, I wouldn't take a baby because it's not something that I can afford from a time and a money perspective to do as regularly. And I do want them to remember that because it's a huge time and money commitment. But for a little trip to Disneyland Paris for a long weekend, it's very, very convenient for us in the south on the south coast of the UK. We can just get in the car or hop on a Eurostar, and it's just a couple of hours away. That is something that I plan on doing with my family. And I know, Tasha, you plan on doing with Theo and any other children that you have for the rest of time. So, you know, why not start him young? I'm pro it. You're going to make some amazing memories. And we'll talk a little bit about your plans today. Surprisingly, there's a lot that babies can do at Disneyland. And that's what we'll unpack in today's episode. But from my experience, from my memories, I have the most amazing memories, the most amazing photos and videos of my sister as a baby at Disneyland Paris at character dining. And I remember we took her, this was when she had learned to walk and it was the year that Walt Disney Studios opened. So I think it was 2002, which would make her about 18 months, maybe a bit younger. And she was walking for sure because we have this lovely video of her stumbling through the Disney village and kind of picking up speed and looking like she's going to headbutt the ground. And I remember when Walt Disney Studios first opened, when you left in the evening, they rolled out a red carpet and all of the cast members stood there clapping as though you were at like an Oscars Thing. you were the star you would walk down the red carpet as you left and there's an amazing video of my sister she sat bolt upright in her pram clapping along with these cast members and my mum thought it was so adorable that she kept going back round so that she could come down the red carpet a few times so you've got a video of me and my cousin coming down and then my sister then my sister again um because it was just it was very very sweet so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for taking babies to Disney.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think let's start with, with that. So the surprising amount of things that you can actually take a baby on. So with this trip, I am aware that it's going to be different. I'm aware that we're not going to be going on every attraction that I would normally go on. We have decided that we probably will single rider some stuff and take it in turns. So things like, um, Ratatouille Benji has never been on and he loves the Ratatouille movie so he will definitely be going on that but I'm happy for him to go off and do that while I walk around with with Theo in the pram but for me as I always say on this podcast I love just kind of taking Disney at a bit of a slower pace being that we are fortunate enough as Mercedes said to have been many a time you know I've been on these rides. Hundreds of times. I don't necessarily need to go and go on every single attraction. There are, of course, some attractions that I would like to if I get the opportunity. But if I just get to go on a couple of rides with my baby and just walk around and show him things in the park, then I'm going to be perfectly happy with that. But Attraction specific. So obviously Fantasyland is probably going to be the place where we do spend a lot of time. You know, it's bright, it's colorful, it's vibrant. I'm sure there's going to be a lot that will visually stimulate him there. And there is a lot of attractions there that he will go on as well. Peter Pan, Dumbo, I think It's a Small World is still closed you'll be pleased to hear but I'm absolutely gutted because I would have really have loved to have taken him on that one because I loved it when I was a little girl and there's videos of me my first time albeit I was a little bit older I was nearly two I think the first time I went to Disneyland Paris I went in opening year um and I loved that ride and there's videos of me on it so I'd have loved to have done that with Theo on his first trip but I'm not sure if that's going to be the case so yes I think we'll be we will be spending a lot of time in Fantasyland um And unless I'm mistaken, I don't think there are any rides in Fantasyland that he probably can't
1: go on. That is correct. So Fantasyland at Disneyland Paris, every single attraction is available for babies. Now, I am just going to do a bit of a disclaimer here. It's France. Health and safety in France is a little bit laissez-faire, shall we say. If your baby, when you're going to Disneyland Paris, is one or over they will definitely be able to go on these rides. If your baby is under the age of one, so less than 12 months old, it's up to the cast member on duty's discretion. So there is a possibility that you could try and take your nine-month-old baby on It's a Small World and the cast member could stop you and ask how old the baby is. You could lie and say they're one, but it depends how many babies the cast member sees, I guess. So as a recap, Fantasyland, Tasha's already mentioned Dumbo, Peter Pan, you've got the Carousel, you've got the Teacups, you've got the Casey Jr. Circus Train, believe it or not, babies are allowed on that. You've got the Snow White and the Pinocchio Dark Rides and then, of course, the Labyrinth. I'm, that probably doesn't come as a surprise. So there's loads for Theo to do.
0: There is. like, And also, I think that I've not spent enough time in Fantasyland or a lot of time. It's probably the place that we spend the least time as adults going to the park without kids. So I'm actually really excited that... I'm going to be able to spend a lot of time there on this trip.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think that visually as well, you know, we always talk about Disneyland Paris being the most aesthetically pleasing of the parks, but that fantasyland in Disneyland Paris is stunning. It puts the Florida version and the Shanghai version and the California versions. They're the only versions I've seen, but it puts them to shame. It really is beautiful. And you've got that lovely Alice in Wonderland area of the labyrinth the teacups, the Mad Hatter teapot that pops up in the little house. It's it's so gorgeous. And I love the top of the teacups as well. That really is quite a, a striking element I think of Fantasyland. land and then you've got that little bit where you've got like the storybook boats now interestingly the storybook boats aren't listed um I'm looking at a uh this is a parenting blog called show them the globe and they haven't listed the storybook boats but I can't imagine if they're allowed on small world I can't imagine that they wouldn't be allowed on that as well
0: No, I mean, I figure you're going to be holding them on on most of this stuff anyway. So it's fine. It does blow my mind that you could literally take a newborn on this stuff.
1: Yeah, up to cast members discretion. But yeah, you could take a one week old baby, a a day old baby, if you wanted. I mean, if
0: anyone has been into Disneyland with a one day old baby, then I'll take my hat off to you.
1: (laughs) Well, hey, if you give birth in a Disney park, the baby gets a lifelong, um, I was going to say subscription, <laughs> her ticket. Is that what I mean? I did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah, That is a true, true story. Wow. Moving swiftly on. So that's Fantasyland. I think my favourite land in the Disneyland Paris resort is probably Frontierland because you've got that amazing Thunder Mesa story. And again, I'm a little bit surprised here. So, the Thunder Messer Riverboat you can take Theo on. And I know that because I went on that when I was just a babe in arms myself. So when I went to Euro Disney, as it was called then in 1992, I think I was under the age of one actually. I hadn't had my first birthday. And the two rides that mum says she really remembers taking me on were the carousel in Fantasyland and the Thunder Messer Riverboat. And there's a picture of me on that riverboat. So I feel like you need to do that, Tash, as like a rite of passage. (laughs) And then you can take him on Phantom Manor as well, if you do so wish. The only thing he can't go on in Frontierland is Big Thunder Mountain.
0: Fair, yeah. I wouldn't be taking him on that anyway. I think, yeah, Phantom Manor is a a question mark for me because I guess at the age of one, I need to, I think it's not going to be the first attraction that we go on. I'm going to see how he does with some of the tamer dark rides, and then approach Phantom Manor. Because I think at that age, you're too young to be scared and understand why it would be scary. Like, I remember the first time I went on The Haunted Mansion in California when I was 10. And, um, oh no, I was nine, actually. And I was petrified going down in that lift. Obviously, once I'd done on the ride, I loved it. But I was really, really scared going in that on in that lift because of the unknown and like, the haunted element to it. But I think like when you're really young, the bonus is that you don't have a concept of that. So it's not going to be scary.
1: Yeah, I agree. So the first time I went on Phantom Manor, I unless I was taken on that as a baby and I just haven't been told, but I think the first time I went on Phantom Manor, I was six. And then I went on the Haunted Mansion in Orlando when I was seven. And I remember being scared. I remember being in the lift and grabbing hold of my dad really tightly, but I still went on it. So I feel like if you do Introduce it young enough, then it's just a part of going to Disneyland. It's like, come on, toughen up. You're going to do Phantom Manor now. Maybe you should, like, maybe this is really cruel, but I feel like if it was me, a really good test is, of course, as you've said, like the dark rides. Like, if he doesn't like Pinocchio, don't put him on Phantom Manor. But what I would do is, like, could you put him in a room in the house and, like, turn all the lights off and play, like, some spooky music and see how he responds to that? Because you're right, Tash, unless he's watched an episode of Peppa Pig that's got, like, a spooky... We learn spooky. Like, spooky is not a thing. We learn, you know, all this music is meant to be scary. This skeleton is meant to be scary. This ghost is meant to be scary. It's like a construct. So I'd be curious to know, like, if you just played some spooky music, how he responds?
0: Yeah, that's... Yeah, that is true. I think I'd probably freak myself out more, (laughs) more than anything. Um, And I, yeah... Maybe I'll give that a go. I don't know. I think I'm just gonna go just gonna go for it. I think I'm gonna try him on some of the, like I say, the tamer dark rides and then see how he is with them. And provided he's fine with them, then we'll go for we'll go for
1: Haunted Mansion. Phantom Manor. I think, I think I'm evil. I think I'd start with Phantom Manor to be like, well, because if he like cries on Snow White and Pinocchio and he like doesn't like them, you're gonna be like, oh, I wanted to take you on all the the scary but
0: one. I feel like if he cries, if he's more likely to be scared on Phantom Manor and then that might scare him for any other ride.
1: You never know, though, with babies. Babies are weird. Like, it could be a specific thing. Like, the whale, he might not like the whale, but Phantom Manor doesn't bother him. Like, I know Ryan from Theme Park Trader, his little girl is terrified of Ratatouille because of the man, the little chef, and she calls that ride the scary man ride. So it could be, It's it's, unfortunately, it's not an exact science with babies and children. They pick up on certain elements that freak them out. My sister was terrified of Pirates of the Caribbean, which we'll come on to in a second. But she didn't have a problem with Phantom Manor, but she didn't like Pirates of the Caribbean because of the skeletons.
0: Mm, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, Theo was really, really scared of a specific toy when he was young, like five months old. Like it's one of these like shaky, you lift it upside down and it's like a rainmaker, they call it, and it makes a noise. And he would be absolutely fine. And then we went to a friend's house and they had this toy and he would play with it. And then he would burst into tears. I took him in a toy shop about a week later, showed it to him. The same thing happens. So like you say, it is really weird, like the specifics of what they're scared of. And also it totally depends, I think, on their mood as well. So I think if we're going to approach Phantom Manor, it will probably be like, the first or an early ride of maybe like our second day I think
1: yeah yeah nice okay so I teased it there but obviously we've got Adventureland in the main Disneyland park and that's where you've got Aladdin's Enchanted Passage which is basically just a walkway I actually can't believe it's called Aladdin's Enchanted Passage like that's the actual translation to English I think that they maybe should have got a copywriter on that but there we are and then, of course, you've got Indiana Jones, which Theo will absolutely not be going on and is not allowed to go on because he's not tall enough. And then Pirates of the Caribbean. And I feel like with Pirates of the Caribbean, it's it's in the same category, isn't it, as Phantom Manor? Yeah.
0: Um, I, think that, I think that Pirates of the Caribbean I would be even more nervous on just because of the, the slight drops, but they're not big. But then... I think I, I think Theo is a bit of a, a thrill seeker. I've got that in my bones about him. You know, like he's a real climber. He loves the swings. He loves going on a slide. So I feel like he will be okay with that. Yeah. I feel like yeah. the water element as well is quite exciting with Pirates of the Caribbean. So
1: yeah, I think we will be doing that one as well. Interesting. Because you see, for me, I think from like a sensory overload perspective, Pirates of the Caribbean would be worse. You know that bit when you go up the hill and the chains are like ricketing, and the water. I feel like you know parts of the Car- uh, not parts of the Caribbean. Phantom Manor it's a nice warm house.
0: <laughs> True, yeah, no, I I see your point. Yeah, parts of the Caribbean is definitely more of an assault on the senses, isn't it? But um. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the intention that we're gonna do both, but we're gonna we'll play it by okay. right ear and see
1: how. I, well, that. I can't wait to hear how he gets on. I'd be the same. I'd definitely try and get my baby on as many rides as possible. And then we've got our final land, obviously not including Main Street USA, which is Discovery Land, which is Paris's answer to Tomorrowland for any of our US listeners. And there's quite a lot that Theo can't do actually in Discovery Land. So Autopia, which is the like. Driving track thing, a bit like the Lego Land cars. Can't do that. Star Wars hyperspace mountain, which is just space mountain with um, some John Williams music overlaid, and Star Wars: The Adventure Continues as well. But he can go on Orbitron which doesn't surprise me because it's basically Dumbo. He can't. He can also go on Buzz Lightyear. Believe it or not.
0: Oh, I mean, I uh, will pay to see him holding one of the laser shooters. But finally, I might actually win. I never win. <laughs>
1: yeah you'll have someone worse than you and then of course we are lucky at Disneyland Paris because we have two different parks we've got the main park and then we've also got the Walt Disney Studios park now there is a lot that baby will not be able to ride in Walt Disney Studios so a little Theo and any babies out there for listeners that you're thinking of taking Crush's Coaster not allowed Cars Quatre Rules Royale, which is the little cars that spin around basically like teacups interesting not allowed and I don't know why that is, because teacups are fine. Uh, You can't go on the RC racer. You can't go on the Slinky Dog zigzag spin, which again, I'm a little bit surprised about that if you're allowed on the Casey Jr. train. You can't go on the uh, the Toy Soldiers parachute drop. You can't go on Avengers Assemble, which is basically the old rock and roller coaster. And you can't go on the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror. But that means that Theo, at age one, can go on... Cars Road Trip, which is basically the old tram tour, which I am not surprised about because I remember my sister going on that as a baby and crying. Ratatouille, so you don't need to worry about single rider tash. You can take little Theo on Ratatouille with you. The Flying Carpets Over Agrabah, which again is like a Dumbo. And then this is very pleasing to me because now you definitely don't have an excuse. Baby Theo is allowed to go on web adventure. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. I mean, again, I would love to see him in a pair of 3D glasses on a ratatouille, but yeah, that is a that is a shocker. I feel like that would be a sensory overload.
1: Well, as I say, Ryan from Theme Park Trader took his little girl. She was older than Theo. I think she was like 18 months or two. She could talk, so she was definitely older. And she calls it Naughty Man Ride and is terrified of it. So, you know, I I, I would definitely take my baby on Ratatouille. Um, I say that if I had a baby and I was going with my husband, which I assume I would be doing if I had a baby, he actually doesn't like Ratatouille because it's one of those 3D, Any anything with 3D glasses and a screen makes my husband quite sick. So he's not a fan of Ratatouille anyway. So he'd probably be quite happy to miss that one out. And I know I'd probably do single rider, but I feel like web adventure. I mean, I've heard some really good things about web adventure. We actually spoke to some friends last week that have just been on it and said how incredible it was. So, you know, you could try that out as a family and he well, might be able to take that one. He hasn't got to hold anything.
0: That's true. Yeah, I will definitely go on that one because I do want to. I I like those kind of rides, you know, where, whether I'm a Spider-Man fan or, or not, I will definitely go on that. And I think Benji will want to go on that as well. So, yeah, Theo is going to have to tag along.
1: There you go. There you go. And as I say, he might actually it might be quite funny to see because that one is just it's basically just hand gestures. You've not got a gun. You've not got a little pulley thing like you have in Toy Story Mania. It's literally just your hand. And if Theo's sat there like waving his arms around, that might be quite funny.
0: (laughs) I will let you know.
1: Perfect. So they're all of the attractions and things that Theo can go on how much planning have you done so far have you got like a rough tell us everything how many days are you going for do you know what park you're doing what day have you got any dining reservations we want to hear it all so we are going for two nights
0: so like three days but one full day and two kind of more than half days So we arrive on a Wednesday um, at like two o'clock-ish. I think we should be there. Um, And we're staying at Sequoia Lodge. So we will possibly go and check into our hotel first and then head into the main park or possibly go straight into the main park. I haven't quite decided yet where I stand with that. I think it depends on, on Theo's mood in terms of naps and things like that. And then I think that first day... I mean in my mind like I think I'm gonna find it really overwhelming in a good way being there as I say like Disneyland right it's like home and then being there with my baby it's been like a fantasy of mine since the day that I started dreaming about having a baby years and years ago and then I think like that thing of one day being at Disney with your baby like I'm pretty sure this is something that we talked about when we were younger Mercedes like one day going to Disney with our children together so I think that like in the same way that when I stepped foot in the Magic Kingdom and saw the Florida Cinderella Castle and it was the last castle that I had to see and I just burst into tears because it was a dream achieved I feel like this is going to be the same thing so I expect to be a little bit of a blubbery mess on that first day um and then we're probably just going to take it really easy I don't know what time the parades are yet I don't think they've they announced them until Way closer to the date, but we'll probably try and entice Theo in with the parade. I would like to try and see Mickey on the first day if possible, but again, we'll play that one by ear. If we have to do that on the second or third day, then then that will be fine. But for me, that is the biggest must-do of the whole entire trip, so that is going to be one that I prioritize, and I'm not afraid to queue for that one if if we have to. Um, and then in terms of dining, we have booked dining, so we're on a half board. Um, meal plan. So we've got breakfast included. And then I have been a little bit naughty with, with bookings. So I do need to cancel maybe one booking. And I haven't been able to get exactly what I wanted. So I'm keeping looking for cancellations because they do come up all the time. And actually, during this, I've actually been able to get a cancellation at a place that Benji wanted to dine at. So on that first day, we have got a 4.30 reservation for Captain Jack's. Now, I wasn't so fussed about going back to Captain Jack's because went there with you. I really wanted to go there before. I always wanted to eat there. And I do love the vibe and the ambience of it, but I wasn't too enamored with the food. But then let's be real that is pretty much the rolling story for the whole of Disneyland Paris. The food wasn't awful, but I just was happy to try somewhere else. However, Benji has never eaten there. He really, really wants to eat there. When I said about having a dining package and being able to book restaurants, that was the first thing that he went for. So we've got that booked. And I went for kind of a safe time, sort of like a late lunch, early dinner because Theo, he does eat now and he eats quite early around 530 30. Um, so I thought we would go for that sort of time slot 4 30. It seemed like a safe one to play. So he's not going to be overtired. It's probably going to be quite a lot for him on that first day. I imagine, you know, getting on the Eurostar and traveling from Brighton all the way to Paris and then me throwing him in the deep end, watching the parades, meeting Mickey. So yeah, we're going to take it leisurely and have like a nice, like mid afternoon, late lunch, early dinner. Um, and then obviously the fireworks. So that's going to be the first day.
1: Nice. Sounds good. On the whole Sequoia Lodge, do you check in? Do you not? The bags is the problem. So we had this with my hen. We wanted to go straight into the parks. Obviously, if you get the train, you come out by the entrance to the parks. You want to go straight in, but luggage is is the problem. So unless one of you was happy to go and take that. But then also, actually, another problem I've just remembered, we didn't have our tickets. You have to check in to get your ticket.
0: That is cool. That is, of course, cool. so that's right. There is a service you can pay for, isn't there?
1: Where I'd pay for it. I'd pay for it yeah, 100%. That's, that's the biggest regret of my life.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm thinking of doing it. Because, because there's no way that, obviously, I'm the Disney fan in, in the relationship, but there is no way that Benji is going to be happy for me to go off. And I don't even think he'd be happy for me to take. Theo in a shop like in in um, Disney Village I think that he would kind of want to be there for every first experience that that Theo has with it so I don't think he would go off into the hotel to check
1: in so yeah I am
0: considering paying I would
1: pay for that because yeah, yeah I think they take your luggage to the hotel and give you your ticket.
0: Yeah, perfect. Well, yeah, I'm going to look into how much that is. Like I have no plans to pay for any fast passes or extras in that sense. But this is something that I am happy to pay for. Just you you want to get straight in the park as well. And I think with a baby, obviously it does slow you down. So I think by the time you go and check into the hotel and then you're like, oh, let's just go up and take our bags in. Oh, let's just change him, blah, blah, blah. I'd rather get straight in the parks and avoid all of that.
1: Yeah, this is where if my hen was an apprentice task, you know, when they go, where does the failure of the challenge lie? The failure of that day, we didn't, it it messed up the whole itinerary because we were meant to see the parade on the first day and then we didn't. And then it meant that we had to go back in on our Walt Walt Disney Studios day and it messed everything up. And it was because of this. We hadn't factored in the time it takes from the station to the Newport Bay, which is where we were staying. When we got there, because there were 16 of us, they'd messed up our rooms. They'd just allocated the rooms just randomly. And then we couldn't just change them because everyone's name was on their card and it was allocated to their room and it was their park ticket. So we had to like get them to change all the rooms. And by the time we got into the main Disneyland park, we had actually missed the parade and it was our plan to catch it. So yeah, if I can give you any advice on maximising your time, especially because you've only got, like, your one full day, I would definitely pay um for that.
0: Yeah, cool, definitely. That is something I'm going to look into. I might look into it after this call, actually. So, yeah, so that's our first day. Um, and then day two, day two I'm undecided because, obviously, it is our full day. um, So I don't know whether to start off in Hollywood Studios um sorry Walt Disney Studios I always do that Walt Disney Studios do some of the stuff there and then just get straight over to the main park um and do more shows parades and things like that there for me again it's that whole thing of only being to Walt Disney Studios as an adult and what I like about it even though I know what's there for kids it will be a very different experience going with Theo he might love it. There might be way more there that he's interested in and wants to go on. He might be really happy there. So I think that one we're going to have to play a little bit by ear. Um, and then on this day in terms of dining reservations, this is where I've been a little bit naughty. So I have booked Captain Jack's again for the same time slot as like a late lunch, early dinner. Um... My plan was to book Bistro Shea Remy, but it is fully booked at the moment. Captain Jack's was initially booked, it's just become available again. So I am hopeful that we might be able to get a slot at Shea Remy. So I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for that one because I just want to go back for that moose. That's the only reason that I want to go and I want Benji to experience it too.
1: Yeah, my sister's had a bit of a nightmare with Shea Remy as well. And I actually advised her not to go there. Her partner doesn't really like steak. And I do feel that like the steak is a really big draw for the menu. Obviously, the chocolate mousse is divine. But I've been a couple of times and I've been once since the pandemic. And honestly, the service was so bad on my head that it's actually put me off going. So my recommendation to my sister was the Agrabar Cafe because it's a buffet. It's all you can eat. Her boyfriend is like 22 and eats loads. And it's the kind of food that they love. They love like Persian, Moroccan, Greek, that kind of cuisine. It's actually not one of my favorite cuisines. I eat anything. Um, but I'm not really into that kind of food. Like Greek food it's one of the things my husband and I disagree on with food it's like one of the only things I'm just really not that into that kind of food like Mediterranean I guess is what I mean and and anyway so I really sold it to her and I was like I've never been but I've heard amazing things it's all you can eat it's meant to be the best food in Disneyland so she's like oh amazing yeah Managed to sell her this dream and uh, it's closed all through March for refurbishment.
0: Oh God, I was just about to be like, oh, maybe I'll look into that. Okay. No. Well, for a
1: vegetarian as well, it would be amazing because it's like salads and hummuses. It's meant to be incredible. I've never been because it does that kind of food doesn't appeal to me, but I know a lot of people are really into that kind of food. And um, like my sister is, but yes, yeah, it's, it's being refurbished all through March. So she, at the moment, she basically, she had... Uh, What was her She had Waltz booked On her first day And Shea Remy Booked on her second day And she was going to do The main Disneyland park The day she arrived And then do Walt Disney Studios The second day And I think with you And your husband And with Theo It actually really doesn't matter Because you've been loads of times Your husband's been before I actually don't think it matters But for my sister Her boyfriend is arguably A bigger Disney fan than her And he's never been And I said you'll have just driven. They're driving as well. And he's doing the driving. You're just driven all that way. They're getting there like late or kind of early afternoon. I was like, you rush into the park. You're a bit like euphoric, but a bit like delusional. I was like, that shouldn't be his first experience of that park. So I managed to convince her. There's a common theme here with me managing to convince my sister of things. I was like, do you walk Disney Studios the first day when the parades and everything are on and the fireworks show, just miss it. That's when you should try and do crash and web slingers and the ones with the long queues and then wake up bright eyed, bushy tail that first proper full day. And that's when you immerse him in the main park. And she was like, yes, I agree. And he was listening to this and he was like, yep, that's way better. But then it meant I'd like butchered all their dining reservations. So my sister has managed to secure waltz now on that second day, but can't get Remy's the first day. Although I think actually last time I spoke to her, she might have done it. But yeah, it is a bit of a minefield. Um, but just keep persevering it because persevering with it, because as Tash says, you know, cancellations come up all the time. And if it's anything like the dining reservation system at Walt Disney World, actually, the closer you get to your holiday, the more availability becomes because there are people like Tash, like my sister. That are keeping things open because they're waiting to see. And actually they'll get there. And it could, it could even be budget. They might have booked a table service restaurant every day and then gone, actually, we can't afford that. Let's cut one. So the closer it gets to your trip, the more opens up.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and then I think on that second day as well, um what we might do is I'm happy, depending on how Theo is doing. I'm happy. I have no plans to go back to the hotel for naps or anything like that. Theo will nap in his pram. He's a good napper. I'm lucky in that sense that he will do that. Hopefully that will still be the case in a couple of months. Um, but if he wants to go back to the hotel, if it gets too late and he's getting grizzly, then I'm happy for Benji to take him back whilst I stay in the park and do another night of fireworks. Because I think the thing is, The difference with going with a slightly older baby is that he's now at that stage, if we'd have gone when he was four, five, six months, he would have just fallen asleep for the night in the pram and then we could have transferred him to the bed when we got back and he wouldn't have woken up. Whereas now he is more aware and he likes to sleep on his front. And so it will be a certain amount of time. He'll probably sleep in his pram for like an hour or so. And then eventually he will wake up and not be happy. So he wants his bed. So that is something that I've had to factor in with this. It's slightly different than if we'd have gone like six months ago. So, yeah, that's something I love. Obviously, I bang on about it all the time. Having time to myself in the parks, it means I can spend a bit of time perusing Disney Village, going in the shops, because maybe that, the boys will get bored with that. They can go back to the hotel and have an early night. Benji likes his sleep, so I don't have to listen to him complaining about being in the parks all day or having a late night and then having to get up early the next day. So that works well for me.
1: Perfect. And then what about your third and final day?
0: So then our third and final day, I'm just, again, I'm kind of, this is like the least planned day so far um, in terms of parks. I'm kind of leaving it open to see what we manage to get done and not do, you know, like if if Benji really wants to go on Ratatouille and we haven't done it, we might dip into Hollywood Studios first thing to get on at Early Doors or try to, or the same with Web Slingers. And then I have got lunch booked at Waltz. So I've never eaten at Waltz before. I've always wanted to try it because of the kind of theme and the setting of the restaurant. But I know that, I think, again, quote me if I'm wrong, you probably know more about this Mercedes. I think it's improved, but I know before that you have been disappointed with Walls.
1: Yeah, I d- I don't know if it's improved or not. I can't comment on that. Everyone always raved about it. And I found it incredibly overpriced. And I've definitely had better meals at Bistro Chez Remy, at the Steakhouse, I'd even say it like Rainforest Cafe, which is really awful because it's not, it's fine dining as in it's small plates, but you know how like, you know, and, and, and I, hey, I fancy myself a little bit of a foodie. I do love food and I love really nice restaurants. You know, if you go to like a really posh restaurant and you'll get like a little smidge of like green puree on your plate and it doesn't look particularly appetizing, but you bite into it or you eat it and it's like just full of flavor and you're like what the hell is this and how the hell did they make it taste so good I was expecting that from Waltz, and the food comes out and it looks like that it's these tiny little fancy you know fine dining dishes but like I really remember eating some carrot that was like really undercooked I remember this really crunchy vegetable it was just all really like not that great my husband had steak I think and said that the steak was better at Chez Remy so that's my experience I don't know if it's got better like most people say that Waltz is amazing I love the atmosphere I love all of the stuff around I mean it doesn't feel that authentic because it was built in 1992 and it's in France but they've got lots of like Walt Disney memorabilia and stuff around and I love that you can catch the parade as well if you time it correctly that's the main reason I wanted to eat there and I loved that we got to do that but yeah particularly in off season as well like there were only three other couples in the whole restaurant when we were there it just felt a bit eerie and weird and i really hope that you have a different experience and we can talk about it and maybe my experience was just a weird one but i wouldn't personally wouldn't rush to go back
0: yeah i'm 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 on the fence because of of your experience cuz i know you've said that before but the menu does look amazing so although when i was looking at the images as you say it is those kind of fine dining things I can't remember what dish it is but there's I think it might might be like a chili or like a veggie chili or something and like the way they've done it they've just put like some shards of like grated cheese on the side it looks really messy it looks like they're trying to go for fine dining with that dish and it's not really working but hey we'll see so yeah all these dining options are subject to change so I will obviously keep you posted as we get closer and things become more firm
1: yeah, of course. The other thing I just wanted to say as well, really quickly is the menus are different. This is really important for anyone that's not been to Disneyland on a dining plan. You can upgrade, but my understanding is you can only upgrade to like another dining plan menu. So when you go to Ratatouille, they have like the, what do they call it? Is it Plus and Premiere or something like yeah. that? There's like two different types of dining plan. And it, Shea Remy, they call it like the Emile plan and the Linguini plan or something like that. If you're on the Emil, which is like the basic plan, you can pay more for the Linguini. But my understanding is that you can't then go a la carte. And that was the problem that we had at Waltz. So we had a plus plan. We could, there is no plus plan at Waltz. So there wasn't, when I went, this was 20, gosh, we're really going back now. I think this was like 2018. Um, there was no plus dining plan at Waltz. It was only on the premiere plan. So we already knew we were going to be paying extra to have that premiere plan, but we didn't have the option of going a la carte. So when you look at the Waltz menu online and you see all the starters and all the mains, all the desserts, we weren't even given that option. We were given the premiere plan and it was like three starters, three mains. So that's just one thing to bear in mind.
0: I think that's the menu that I looked at. I can't remember if it was plus or premiere. But it was for the um, it was for the dining plan. It wasn't for a la carte. So, yeah. But we'll see. I'm I'm keeping my my eyes my my eyes open. My mind open about about that one. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's that's pretty much it at the moment. I feel like with this trip there is an element of having to go with the flow a lot more because being the first trip with a baby and having to, you know, do things around his nap time and things like that, I think, and also not knowing how he's going to be in the parks. So I think it's definitely going to be a bit more go with the flow, which, as we said, that's fine for me. I've been to the park several times before. Benji's been before and he's happy to go with the flow anyway. So that kind of works for us. But um, yeah, I'm very excited to see how we actually get on.
1: Me too It'll be the first Chat Disney baby Hopefully the first Of many trips With children For you Tash So yeah Really really excited And not that much Longer to wait Listeners If you want to hear About Tash's trip It is very very soon So without further ado We're now going to head Into the final part Of today's episode We're going to play A game that we haven't Played for quite some time We're going to have A little quick round Of what's this What is this so what's this is the game it's a little bit like 20 questions but we don't keep track here at the chat disney podcast where one person thinks of a thing it has to have some link to disney it can be a tangible link if you want it to be but that's kind of a bit less fun and a bit unfair on the other person and then the other person has to guess what that thing is as simple as that so I'm going to think of a thing, Tash. Are you ready to ask some questions? I'm ready to ask some questions. Have you got a thing? I've got a thing, yeah. Is it a character? Yeah. Oh,
0: okay. Is it from a live action? No. Is it from a Pixar? No. Is it from a Renaissance movie? Yes. Is it a female? No. Is it an animal? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Is it a sidekick? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, is it, does it talk? No. Okay. Um, so it's an animal. It's from a Renaissance movie. It doesn't talk. It's a male. Um, my mind has gone blank. My honestly, parent brain, mum brain is real, guys. Um, is it? Does it wear clothes?
1: No. Can it be
0: found in the parks? No. No. Okay. Um,
1: questions, by the way. Not okay. that we're. Found, so I'm thinking
0: that but... like he's a little bit niche. Doesn't wear clothes. Um. Oh, this is hard. The bit that you were iffy about the sidekick is throwing me off. Um. It is a, it? Is a
1: sidekick.
0: It is a sidekick. Okay. Wow. Is it, and it doesn't talk, is it, is it bigger than a dog?
1: No. <laughs>
0: is it a dog? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is it, um, is it, what's it called, the footstool from Beauty and the Beast? No. <laughs> is it Little Brother from Mulan? No. Is it, what other dogs are there? Is it... Is it... um, Oh, my God, what's his name? Um, Oh, my God. What is his name from The Little Mermaid? Oh, Max.
1: Max. No. Oh, God. I can't think of any other dogs. Um, We've got five more questions, if we're being unkind.
0: Okay. Um, I literally can't think of any more dogs, though. Is it... Is it the sidekick of a male? Yes. Is it... um, Percy. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so obvious. Why did I not come up with that sooner?
1: <laughs> it is obvious, yes. I have a pug for anyone that's wondering why that's obvious. I struggled with, are they a sidekick? Because they are a sidekick, but they're a villain sidekick, but yeah. they are a sidekick
0: yeah yeah i guess yeah definitely cool okay so that is the end of today's episode we do hope you've enjoyed listening along as always if you've got any questions or you want to have a shout out please do get in touch you can reach us at on instagram
1: at chat disney or you can find us on twitter at chat disney uk and next week love is in the air is valentine's day send us the love if you've got like a special someone that you want to shout out for We're here to make your dreams come true. We could do like a thing, you know, like in the Metro when it's like, I saw this woman earlier sitting on the train and she was wearing orange gloves. Maybe you've been commuting and you've seen that someone was listening to the Chat Disney podcast and you want to connect with that person. Let us know. There
0: you go. We are matchmakers. We'll add it to the list of skills we can do. Yeah.
1: Bye for now.
0: See you. You. Oh, Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.
1: So what's this is the game? It's a little bit like 20 questions, but we don't keep track here at the Chat Disney Podcast where one person thinks of a thing. It has to have some link to Disney. It can be a tangible link if you want it to be, but that's kind of a bit less fun and a bit unfair on the other person. And then the other person has to guess what that thing is, as simple as that. So I'm going to think of a thing, Tash. Are you ready to ask some questions? I'm ready to ask some questions. Have you got a thing? i've
0: got a thing yeah is it a character yeah okay is it from a live action no is it from a pixar no is it from a renaissance movie yes is it a female no is it an animal yes Mm, okay is it a sidekick Yes. Oh, okay. Um, is it? Does it talk? No. Okay. Um. So it's an animal. It's from a Renaissance movie. It doesn't talk. It's a male. Um. My mind has gone blank. My honestly, parent brain, mum brain, is all real, guys. Um. Is it? Does it wear clothes? No. Can it be found in the parks? No. No. Okay. Um, questions, by the way. Not that okay. we're. So I'm thinking it. that he's a little bit niche. Doesn't wear clothes. Um, oh, this is hard. The bit that you were iffy about the sidekick is throwing me off. Um, it
1: is a, It is a sidekick.
0: It is a sidekick. Okay. Wow. Is it? And it doesn't talk. Is it? Is it bigger than a dog? no is it a dog yeah okay is it um is it what's it called the footstool from beauty and the beast no is it little brother from mulan no is it what other dogs are there is it is it um oh my god what's his name um oh my god what is his name from the little mermaid
1: oh max max no Oh god i can't think of any other dogs um we've got five more questions if we're being unkind okay um
0: i literally can't think of any more dogs though is it is it the sidekick of a male yes is it um percy Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so obvious. Why did I not come up with that sooner?
1: <laughs> it is obvious, yes. I have a pug for anyone that's wondering why that's obvious. I struggled with, are they a sidekick? Because they are a sidekick, but they're a villain sidekick. But they yeah. are a side- yeah
0: yeah i guess yeah definitely cool okay so that is the end of today's episode we do hope you've enjoyed listening along as always if you've got any questions or you want to have a shout out please do get in touch you can reach us at on instagram
1: at chat disney or you can find us on twitter at chat disney uk and next week love is in the air is valentine's day send us the love if you've got like a special someone that you want to shout out for we're here to make your dreams come true. We could do like a thing, you know, like in the Metro and it's like, I saw this woman earlier sitting on the train and she was wearing orange gloves. Maybe you've been commuting and you've seen that someone was listening to the Chat Disney podcast and you want to connect with that person. Let us know.
0: There you go. <laughs> we are matchmakers. So we'll add it to the list of skills we can do. Yeah.
1: Bye exactly. for now.
0: See you.